Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the lead. The lead. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so training camp officially starts with the guys on the field on Wednesday, the media barbecue, a tradition for the Broncos starts tomorrow at about 11 o'clock. We've talked about this on the show, but now we are finally here. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, he's a freewheeling guy, easy guy to get along with, type of guy you'd absolutely want to have a beer with. He is effusive. Uh, we, we have seen him at camps where he has been effusive talking about mini camps. We know that he traveled to go see, uh, Ed Sheeran at Wembley stadium, I believe with their wives. Um, with that, does Hackett need to pull back a little bit or just kind of learn as he goes and just take it day by day? I'd back off a little bit. I think he needs a whoa moment, a moment at camp where the players look around and say, whoa. He is the like, coach. give me an example. Let's say he goes off on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson screws up. That's not his personality, though. Barking at Russell Wilson or just at least sharply pointing out an error in a drill or something. I'll give you an Even example. Even if it's Russell Wilson. He has, to, he has to show he's the boss. He has to show he's a hard ass. He has to show he's a perfectionist. And he has to show that he's not their friend. He's their boss. I agree with you. I think something that could happen, there's a fight in practice yeah. where he gets up there and says, break it up. This is unacceptable. You're not impressing me. Right. So I think you will have moments like that. But Nathaniel Hackett, from the people that I've talked to, strikes me as the type of guy that when things go wrong, he's not going to browbeat you. Mm -hmm. He's going to encourage you. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that approach. But make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. Well, there are certain guys, and, and this is what you need to understand as a head coach or a boss of a business. It's not one size fits all. All right? Yes. Some guys need a kick in the ass. Some guys need more encouragement like a Garrett Bowles. If you browbeat Garrett Bowles, he will shut down on you. That's just who he is. That's not a knock on him. That's just who he is. So there are certain guys that you know you can ride, and then there are certain guys that you know you need to encourage. But I don't, I don't think that yelling at someone shows that you're the boss. Oh, I think it can. Well, ho hold on a second. Hold on. It doesn't have to be do your job. I, I will. No, I understand that. But, but I'll use this analogy when it comes to parenting. When you yell at your kids, and I've been guilty of this as much as any parent out there, what you are doing is you are showing a lack of self-control as the adult to the child. That's on you. 
you are showing that they can get to you, that you are yelling and you need to show more self-control. I don't think that Nathaniel Hackett is wired as a yeller like the old days, like a Bill Parcells or a Bill Cower or a Vince Lombardi. How about Paul Hackett? I I covered Paul Hackett when he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I don't don't remember if he was a yeller or he was a, a guy who gave you a hug. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think there might need to be a mix. But I think that you can get your point across saying this is not acceptable. I, here's another way to put it. Yelling at somebody and then walking away, that's not the right way to handle it in any situation. Correct. I think the right way to handle it is, is say, we have talked about this. This is not happening. Now let's go over this again. But I think that yelling is an absolute indispensable element of any successful coach. That oh you know, that, you, that 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 is so medieval. Now maybe you have a that is so maybe medieval. you have a bad cop on your staff to, to take that position too. And that happens a lot. You know that happens a lot. No question. Good cop, either bad either cop. either the head coach is the bad cop and the coaches are the good cops, or the other way around. But in this case, I think that that you need to be able to have players and coaches, even the other coaches, every once in a while saying whoa. That that's that whoa moment I refer to. And you can't have you just can't have the same pitch every time every time you're throwing the ball. You have to vary your delivery. You have to have a volume switch. It, it can go to eleven sometimes. I I don't know. I don't see honestly. Now I'm talking. I I am not talking about the profane deliveries of scorn to players where you're belittling them. I'm saying I'm just saying changing your volume, changing your delivery. Don't be their don't be their friend. I agree with that. Surprise them. I don't think there is a positive connotation with yelling. I don't think what? It, I don't think there's a positive connotation with it. There isn't. Showing anger and losing control. There's, there's, no, it can be very calculated. You, okay. Not, you, you may not be losing control at all. It can be so calculated as part of your plan. And yes, for, for a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who is from what I've been told and from what I've seen, and it hasn't been a lot. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy who loses control, but Mm -hmm. let's see what happens if they go on a three game losing streak. Let's, let's hear what the guys say off the record about how Hackett has handled it. Or if his play guess play calling is being second guess. Right. I mean, all of those things, I'll tell you this, there will be guys in the locker room if they're on a three game losing streak and he's constantly being positive, positive, positive. Because then there will be guys in the locker room who believe, hey, he's not holding certain guys accountable. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to hold guys accountable without yelling. I don't. It, the type of personality that he seems to have, he wants to be positive all the time. Listen, Pete Carroll isn't a yeller. He's not a yeller. Look at Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. I'll tell you what he's been criticized for. And it's funny because something just came out with Ben, a story about Ben Ben Roethlisberger talking about how Tomlin tended to coddle guys like and tolerated guys like Antonio Brown and other problem children in that organization. I think he's going to have to find a way to strike a balance unless he has already struck a balance. But I don't think the answer is yelling. 
I do. I do think so. At the right, the right time, the right place, as a, as an attention-getting device, not profane, not diminish, not demeaning. Sure. I think that there's every place in the game for that. I think that if Russell Wilson throws five incomplete passes and three are on him and two are on the wide receivers for running wrong routes, I can see him yelling, "Come on, guys!" That's yelling, right? I can see him doing that, but then. Where do you go from there? And maybe he will have the right mix of, come on, guys. Now, let's get our head <laughs> in the game. Remember the playbook, so on and so forth. It's what you followed up with. We've seen too many coaches who just yell and walk away. I can't get past do your job. Well, that was You a, say he's learned, though. That Hey, listen, it was a long time ago. And the way he handled the Colts situation, you're talking about Josh McDaniels. Yeah. We'll see if he has learned. If he has, the Raiders are going to be a threat. Make no mistake about it. The To me, the number one wild card in the AFC West is not Russell Wilson. It's Josh McDaniels. Because his football knowledge is unquestioned. He understands the X's and O's of offense as well as anybody in the league. I'm not going to say he's the mastermind, too, behind Mike <laughs> Shanahan. But Bill, he but he certainly knows his offense. Bill Walsh, he's right. I'm not well. The, here's the thing: Bill Walsh was an innovator. West Coast offense, right? He was an innovator. Yeah, and if Paul they, Brown was an innovator. Ironically, Paul Brown taught Bill Walsh. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike Shanahan learned a lot from Seifert, who learned from Walsh, and Seifert learned from. Walsh. Jerry Fry. Who did Jerry Fry learn from? Len Casanova and Harry Stuhldreher. There we go. He just keeps going back and back and back. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we can find a tree. Uh, everyone in some ways is connected. My dad's coordinators were John Robinson and George Seifert. Well, those are two pretty good football coaches. Coming up after the break, CBS Sports' Jeff Kerr wrote an article titled Three Burning Questions for Each AFC West Team Heading Into the Season. What did he say the three things are for the Broncos? We'll let you know next. We can go and we want to. Night is young and so am I. And we can just feel deep from our hearts to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Get in here! When we quit around and just do our job and quit worrying about everybody else's job and doing your own thing, that's what's killing us right now. Do your job and quit making up. We haven't even seen what we can do because it doesn't even look like a football team out there. Let's go. You know what the funny thing is? While the way he delivered his message pissed off a lot of the players on that team, he wasn't wrong in, in the actual message. I don't even remember the context at all. What, it, what had happened? It was a, I believe they were playing, the Broncos were playing the Giants. And it was a Thanksgiving game. And I remember watching that game, and they're showing McDaniels on the sideline. I'm like, oh, my God. 
Now, granted, we all knew early on that Josh McDaniels was a loose cannon. And he, I, I, I don't, to say who did he piss off in that organization, it's a very, 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 very small <laughs> list who he didn't get upset. Yeah. He literally destroyed the culture of that organization. I, I know guys who played for him. There's one guy who told me who played for him that he wanted to quit playing football. It was so awful playing for for uh, Josh McDaniels. Was that evident? Uh, just pumping your brain now because I'm curious. Was that evident when they got off to the good start too? Well, <clears throat> the big start that they got off to, I think it was a 6-0 and record. That's the worst thing that could have happened to Josh McDaniels yeah. in his career because he was the whistle-twirling young kid uh, coming from the Bill Belichick scheme who everything seemed to be going right for and everything was going right, so that made him feel empowered that how I'm doing it obviously is working. Mm -hmm. And then the trap door just opened. I mean, I heard those meetings were just brutal, those film session meetings, where he would just go out of his way to embarrass people. It mm -hmm. was bad. Um, I'll never forget the first Broncos game at Old Invesco, um, the way it always worked for the media was we'd go down from the press box and then we'd go through the tunnel and we would walk right to the locker room or we could go into the press conference room and they did not allow us to go into the locker room area just outside. Mm -hmm. It was a Josh McDaniels policy and, and this was game one and we're all standing there. And I remember looking at Patrick Smythe who uh, is is now the vice president, I think, of you know communications. But uh, Jim Sacamano, I believe, was with the team then. But we're all standing there. We're looking at Patrick. We're saying, what the hell is going on here? They're not letting us through. And even Patrick, you could tell, was like, I don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And finally, they got it all worked out because it seemed like everything had changed. The other thing that McDaniels started to do, upper body injury, lower body injury. Oh, geez. He started that. And that's being announced in the press box for like, what is going on here? The story I can tell you about Josh McDaniels is this. The, the, and this was early, early on. It's right when I started working here. So we had a one-on-one -on -one set up with him very early in his tenure. And this was after a press conference. And my partner at the time, we went into a small room just waiting for him after the normal press conference was over. And he walks in the door closes the door. One of his guys was there and that guy is still there. And I'm a big fan of Mark Thews. I'm, I wasn't back then, but I am now because he has completely changed his life around. He is so valuable for the Broncos organization. But back then people in the media looked at him as like basically McDaniel's henchman. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Mark had his ear to everything and everything was going back to Josh. And then eventually when Josh got fired, Mark stayed with the organization and he has built his way up through the organization. Really good guy, really smart guy, has really built his career anyway. So Mark is in there. I'm in there with my radio partner at the time and Josh walks in and he doesn't know me at all, even though I'd been in the market for a long time. And he just starts going off on a media guy in front of me and my partner as if we were not even sitting there and just about a media guy about a media okay. guy
just F-bombing and this guy this. and It's as if we weren't even sitting there. And I'm like, man, if this guy has no filter in front of people he doesn't know, what kind of filter does he have in front of people that he does know? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you another story about Josh McDaniels when he was fired. I believe, I don't believe, I know. I was told by an auto dealership that he was given a car to drive Mm -hmm. as the head coach of the Broncos. He had kids at the time. And when he got fired, he brought back that car. It was a nice car. Just picture a nice luxury car. Mm -hmm. He brought back that car looking like a garbage can. It wasn't cleaned out. It was a complete mess. Like McDonald's wrappers on the floor. A sports writer's car. Basically. But not as bad. But he didn't even have the decency to clean out the car that he was given. And that the inside of that, I was told this by the general manager or one of the sales managers. The the way the inside of that car looked perfectly summed up his tenure with the Broncos. <laughs> it really did. A complete mess. Everything about him was a mess. Personality-wise. But getting off to a 6-0 and start, yeah, everybody was all excited. But man, oh man, um, he, he, he went after people in that organization. They just couldn't take it anymore. I remember the stories at the time where what, this prodigy guy breaking through, son of a great, great, great high school football coach. The John Carroll. He went to John Carroll. And, Talking about McDaniels yeah. as a college, college guy. When he, when he came out and got off of that 6-0 and start, I would probably, you know, if I'd been covering the team, I would have been writing that stuff. Writing what? This is a great coach waiting to happen and is right. getting there now. And then everything fell apart because the players, the, the players could not stand him. And that is, I'm not even overstating this. One guy told me he thought of quitting football because he couldn't stand going into work anymore. And what happened was Joe Ellis, who, if we're being completely honest, was instrumental in letting Mike Shanahan go. Let's not mm-hmm. mince words here. Ellis was a huge part of it. And with, with Pat Bowen being... With his deteriorating and, health, yes. yes. And, and, and Joe, who I still like very much, you know, at the end of the day, he was the guy in charge now. And he was the guy who spearheaded the search for a new head coach. And McDaniels obviously interviewed really well. Yeah. But what Joe didn't realize was, is that the kid he hired was like the bride of Chucky. He really, (laughs) he really was. And he wanted to wield his power. And I don't think Joe knew how to handle him when, when whatchamacallit got out of control. When McDaniels got out of control, there was no controlling him. Mixed Marty pants. Say it again. McSmarty pants. Yeah. All right. Um, we we teased it going into the break, and now we will talk about it. Uh, there were a couple things I really did want to get into. Uh, today is the anniversary, by the way, of um, whatchamacallit, of uh, Caddyshack coming out. 42 years. Yeah. I, I do want to get into that, but I do want to get into this first. Uh, CBS Sports' Jeff Kerr wrote an article titled, Three Burning Questions for Each AFC West Team Heading Into the Season. We'll let you know what he wrote about the Broncos next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Windfall Brewing Company in the Orchard Town Center in Westminster. 17 craft brews on tap, but I'm just getting warm telling you about them. Their menu is as good as any restaurant in town. This is not bar food. I wouldn't even categorize it as upscale bar food. Look at their executive chef. Used to be the sous chef at Shanahan's. That should tell you how great their menu is. And it's a great place to take the kids as well. And here's why. They have 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tee, all your favorite old arcade games, something for everyone. Every Saturday night from 6 until 8, they have a concert at the Orchard Town Center, and it's right on the patio where Windfall Brewing Company is. So you're going to love going out there. Take my word for it. It's just a fantastic place to have a beer, to have something, something to eat on their great menu, or listen to some live music, play some games. Got some for everybody. Windfall Brewing Company. Head out there in Westminster Orchard Town Shopping Center. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. CBS Sports' Jeff Kerr wrote an article titled Three Burning Questions for Each AFC West Team Heading Into the Season. This is what he wrote about the Broncos. Number one, can Russell Wilson get the Broncos to Super Bowl contenders? Number two, who is going to be the tight end? Number three, how is the pass rush going to look? Do you agree these are the three burning questions? No, I, I agree number one is whether Wilson will get them to a level of being a Super Bowl contender. I think that's fairly obvious. I think the, I think, I think the answer is yes. I think he has that personality. I think he has the talent. To me, that's not a burning question. He's proved that his whole career. And I don't think who's going to be the tight end is all that important. And no. Th- 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 there's two guys here, and they're both going to play. Yeah. So I agree. And uh, uh, Okaway Banama is the better receiver. I mean, he's a better blocker, the much better blocker of the two. Um, I would, I'd say he's a better blocker by default because uh, Dulcich hasn't played in the NFL yet. He's, he's, so, a, he's a college tight end who, is, who said he's a passable blocker right. at his first news conference. No, he actually no. He said he's better than passable. He, he said he's really good. He isn't that yet. I would agree. Okawebenam is hardly a terrific blocker. But, but they're both going to play. They will play. So I don't really consider that a burning question. And you know what? They also have plenty of guys who can catch the ball. That's why I'm not overly worried about a tight end. They're not going to be using the tight end that much I think, in, in the passing game. I th- I, listen, I'm, I'm sure they will use them. What I'm saying is they have lots of options. They have lots of options for guys who could catch the ball. And how is the pass rush going to look? I think you have to go deeper into that question to make it a burning one. And that's what what is, what is uh, Randy Gregory going to be? Is he going to be out there? Is he going to play well? Right. What th- That's the burning question. It's Randy Gregory. It isn't just what the pass rush is going to look like. Well, the pass rush essentially is going to be Chubb and Gregory. And we don't know if these guys are going to be able to play a full season. When you look at the other teams, specifically two of them in the AFC West, 
The Raiders have a terrific pass rush, and the Chargers have a terrific pass rush. Right now, the pass rush for the Broncos is similar to their wide receiver core. Potential. Really? What's their well, what's their what's their potential? We don't, Gregory and Chubb? What potential to me is tied with staying on the field. Yeah. Okay. For the Broncos wide receivers, it's not well, you can make the case it's about health as well. KJ Hamler's never been able to stay healthy, right? Uh, J- Jerry Judy is not injury prone, but he hasn't been healthy his whole career. We know that Cortland Sutton a couple of years ago had a torn ACL. Tim Patrick's been healthy. Yeah, those guys, those guys though, are going to be helped a lot by Russell Wilson. I don't know who's necessarily going to give the help to Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. Well, Gregory, like in terms of wide receiver being a dependent position on the quarterback. We're also going to see how being completely handled with kid gloves during the training camp and the exhibition season is going to affect Randy Gregory. Yep. Is he going to be sharp enough to be ready at the start of the season? Well, I don't think he'll play much in the preseason. We'll see. Listen, there's going to be Randy Gregory watch pretty much every day. No, there is. <laughs> do I have to do that? Well, the, well, it's a key position, isn't it? Yeah. It's a key position. And he's a key player, and they spent a lot of money to get him. And I can promise you that the first day that he is on the field, it's going to be, okay, he's only doing position stuff. Okay, now he's doing seven-on-sevens. Okay, now he's doing 11-on-elevens. It'll be reported like that. And for Bradley Chubb, it will be reported as the same thing. Okay, he's starting in 11-on-elevens. He looks really good. He looks like he's passed his injury. Because those are all important things. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes you make fun of that stuff. Like <laughs> Russell Wilson made a great pass, but when you look at your edge rushers, it has to be all in caps, capitals too. Of course, but but I think those are two guys that you do that that need to be kept an eye. You need to keep an eye on those guys. When are they out there? What are they doing? But I also think there's other burning questions too. The running back deployment of the who gets to carry the ball more and how much more. Do you, Javante Williams carries the ball than last year. I think that's a burning issue. And I also think the the other one is the offensive line, particularly right tackle. Correct. With, with whether Billy Turner is up to the task. And I'll be curious to see if Lloyd Cushenberry takes all the snaps at center or if Glasgow is going to be part of that center rotation or if Moody is part of that offensive line group. I'll be curious to see all of that. I want to take a hard right turn because I do want to get into this. Uh, <laughs> Caddyshack premiered in theaters 42 years ago today. A lot of sports fans feel. Former Caddy. This former is the greenskeeper. A lot, a lot of sports fans will say this is the greatest sports movie of all time. Okay? And I think you said something earlier in the show. Well, it's really not about sports. Then again, neither was Bull Durham. Neither was Rocky. They weren't really about the games. It was about people. Yeah. So, so let, let's put it in the grouping. Caddyshack was just a brilliant ensemble comedy with great writing and great actors. The cast made that movie. There's and, and no the question. All of it. All oh, of God, it. dude. I looked down the names of the, names of the actors in it. Well, it's one mouth of the, dropping. Well, and, and the writers were great. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Great writer, right? If you don't remember who Harold Ramis is, he was one of the guys in Ghostbusters. But he wrote a lot Stripes. of... Say it again. Stripes. Right. One another writer. Do you remember the movie? Um, do you remember the movie? Uh, oh God! Well, you remember the movie? Uh, an Animal House in the movie Animal House. Yes. Remember the guy who said, 
What the hell are we supposed to do, you moron? Like the big geek guy. The guy I, who, I remember that, but I don't remember him as a writer. Total, he was a writer on Caddyshack. I didn't know that. Right. He was a longtime comedian, but he was one of the writers on Caddyshack as well. I think Brian Doyle Murray, yes. who was the uh, the head guy in the club. Starter. The, the, the starter. starter, yeah. In the Caddyshack. I believe he was one of the writers as well. So, yes, it was a brilliant ensemble cast. Is it one of the greatest sports movies of all time? It depends yeah. on what your definition yeah, is. Yeah, I'll throw in the top 15. Top 15? It's interesting. There are some of their, are their, their sports slash comedies. Right. Some of the best movies. I mean. But my, my, I, I have my top. Uh, I wrote down like 15 of them. and I'd have well, to g- five. well, give me your top five, and I'll tell you what I agree and disagree. Bang with the Drum Slowly is number one. Okay. Robert De Niro. Okay. Michael Moriarty. Okay. Uh, the script was written by Mark yeah, Harris. Yeah, at the, the end of the day, I don't care who wrote it. Look, we, we're limited on time okay, here. Number we two, don't need to know who the best boy was in the key grip. Number two, Raging Bull. Yes. Also. Yes. Also Robert De Niro. Yes. Number three, I can't go without this one, Slapshot. Oh, God. You're putting Slapshot ahead of Caddyshack? Yeah. You have shown your true colors number being a four, hockey Okay, guy. you'll like this one, though. How do you know I'll like it? Because where it was filmed. How do you know I'll like Four, it? Breaking Away. No, it's not. It's a great movie. It was a brilliant movie. Great. Steve Tessich wrote it, and it was terrific. <laughs> and the cast was great. Okay. And number five, Bull Durham. Bull Durham would be in my top five, for sure. Raging Bull would be at the top of my list. That movie is... So we're pretty close that, there. That movie is so good, it's hard to watch the entire yes, thing. Yes, it is. It's, it's a really hard movie to get through, because it's so uncomfortable. Black and white, violent. Yes. Yeah, violent. I mean, violent all the way through. Um, and Robert De Niro was brilliant in it. I like movies that are, in theory, based on true stories, though. And, yes, Bang the Drum Slowly is, clearly. So is Raging Bull. No, Bang, Bang the Drum Slowly is a novel by Mark Harris. Well, then it's not true at all, and I don't like it. That's Point is, so, like, I like movies that are inspirational that are based on true stories. Remember the Titans. I thought that was a great movie. With Denzel Washington. I'm trying to think of my my three screenplays are all Glory based on Road. The story about stories. the story about UTEP with Don Haskins. Yeah. That to me was a tremendous movie. Those are the type and then if I'm gonna throw in comedies, I will cer- I will certainly throw in Bull Durham. But one movie I don't get, I will never get. <laughs> it won't be in my top five. This, my is, top this 10, is going to be a heretical. my top twenty. It won't even be in my top hundred. Because I just don't get it, and I don't care to get it. What do you think it is? You know, Alex? I have no idea. I don't either. Field of Dreams. Oh. Don't get it. Don't want to get it's it. It's ten times better than the book. Have zero interest in that movie whatsoever. It was a little overly sappy. Oh, goodness. Build it. They will come. You, you, they I, build it already, and don't waste ninety minutes of my time. Alex, Alex can give James Earl Jones a speech by heart. Oh, the the baseball. Yeah, <laughs> it was in that commercial last year that yeah. was played over and over. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor? Just in case you missed it, the Baseball Hall of Fame inducted seven new members yesterday. We'll get into that as well as a comparison between the late '90s Chicago Bulls and the 2017 Warriors. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Say no. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you're looking for great deals on beer, wine, and spirits, highly recommend. You go to a place that I've gone to for a long time, Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You can find them off of Colfax. If you work in the city, live in the suburbs, my suggestion, stop by. See what kind of deals they have. See what kind of specials they have. And if you live downtown, it's probably where you go anyway. It's the best liquor store in Denver by far. Just ask Westward. They have named Argonaut Wine and Liquor the best liquor store in Denver five years running. In the meantime, I want to bring in my buddy Josh Robinson. He is the marketing director for Argonaut Wine and Liquor. And right now, Josh, I'm guessing you are swollen after a big day of lifting weights. Yeah, just uh, just finished up, but yeah, we're we're doing good. How you doing, Eric? Good. Was it chest back day? Buys tries, legs, shoulders. What'd you do? <laughs> chest back and a little bit of cardio. Nicely done. Do you, do you feel huge? I mean, are your are your shirts now schmediums? <laughs> Always. I, you know, I I wouldn't want to want them any other way. I I, I well, you got to you got to show off for the people at work, and you know, of course, the woman you're with, you got to show off for her too. Hey, uh, wanted to ask you about something. Weddings are a year round thing, and you may or may not know, but I do a lot of charity events in town, and you know, charities are always looking for liquor as well. I am guessing if they call Argonaut Wine and Liquor, you can hook them up with a whole bunch of different options, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, five full-time party planners on staff. Um, we do everything from, you know, weddings, charity events, um, anything that, you know, you need beer and wine or a full bar for, uh, we plan it. Uh, we have a, a formula that, you know, can tell you what, how much you need quantities-wise, uh, how to mix, you know, your full bar versus beer and wine. And also, um, we have a generous return policy in case, you know, you don't... Uh, use everything you you order and i gotta tell you something that is a huge thing that you have a return policy because sometimes that formula might not add up a hundred percent so explain to everybody what that return policy is about yeah absolutely basically anything we can uh put back on the shelves and resell we'll take back so you know unopened six packs of beer um unopened wine you know as long as the labels aren't messed up from ice uh, we will take that back for a full refund. Um, the only stipulation on that is if it's over a third of your uh, original order, there is a 10% restocking fee on what you bring back. But um, we've got it down to a science, so that rarely ever happens. I mean, you know there's always a smart ass at a wedding. They see a six-pack, and they open just one, drink it, and leave it. So if you have that guy at your wedding, you're kind of SOL, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And that's why we, you know, recommend using six packs as opposed to, you know, 12 packs right. or even kegs, because uh, if you do, then you have five beers versus 
right. you know, 11, 24 that you can't bring back. Right. Okay. I know you always have really good events going on. I think recently you had a terrific tasting. What kind of things do you have coming up this summer that people could just stop by the store? Of course, they're going to want to check out the prices and pick something up. But what kind of things do you have in terms of events going on at the store? Yeah, definitely. We have some really cool events coming up. We have a uh, a single barrel release dinner that where we're partnering with Elways for the uh, the first Angels Envy single barrel to come to the state of Colorado. Um, there's a link for that on Open Table, and uh, you know, check out our Whiskey Wednesday series that we do every Wednesday on Instagram and Facebook, and you can get uh, all the updates for events rare releases, different things we have going on, sales, specials, all that uh, on those. Okay, real quick. So it's the summer. People like to grill out. I'm going to give you two things people love to grill. They love to grill ribs. People love to grill burgers. Okay. You're you're a uh, licensed, I'm going to screw this up, Salmonier, is that how you pronounce it? Salmonier, yep, absolutely. I was not even close. Give me something. Give me something, whether it's a beer or wine or a spirit, that would pure, uh, pair well with burgers and ribs. Definitely, um, with burgers, I kind of like a, you know, because it's usually hot out, usually going to be um, uh, out in the sun. So I like a lighter red, um, a lighter Pinot Noir, maybe something from Oregon. Uh, usually goes well with those, um, especially if you got like a little bit of blue cheese or something on your burger, yeah, and yeah. then. Uh, and then for ribs, that is a great question. I think uh, I would probably go with maybe like a, a hazy IPA, something that um, you know you can pound a couple of, but it'll also stand up to all the all the fat in the ribs. So um, I would go with something like that for for ribs. Okay, if I'm lazy, I want to stop by McDonald's, go through the drive-through, just get a Schlitz or something. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Okay. You compare that with just about anything. <laughs> All right, how do people find you? Uh, so we are at 760 East Colfax on Colfax in Washington. Uh, you can also shop our website, www.argonautliquor.com, uh, or by phone, 303-831-7788. Josh, my man, when you go home and see your lady, she's going to look at you and say, wow, my guy lift weights. He lifts weights. I'm hoping so. I, listen, I lift weights, but they're so heavy. <laughs> I get that. That's a problem. <laughs> See you, pal. Have a good day. Thanks, Eric. You too. All right, bye. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, the Baseball Hall of Fame inducted seven on Sunday. David Ortiz was the headliner and delivered a moving speech. Gil Hodges and Jim Cat were among those inducted under baseball baseball's era committee system which considers players or others who have been overlooked. Uh, those two have been the poster boys for the unjustly overlooked, minus the PED issues, and this is long overdue. In your opinion, does baseball do a better job of making up for past mistakes than does football? The Football Hall of Fame has gotten better at it by taking away the vote from kind of the, little, the Saturday morning boys club at the Super Bowl. But I, I don't think they're nearly as good as baseball is getting to be at it because baseball has multiple era committees and so the, the selections and the nominations come from people who know what they're talking about. Oh. 
I mean baseball writers. Yes. Just baseball writers. Yes. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, I had a long conversation with a longtime friend of mine, probably yours, Tracy Ringles. Yes. And Tracy and I, I said, this is ridiculous that only baseball writers vote. Only baseball writers. Not broadcasters, not former players. And he and I probably talked on the phone for about a half hour. And he was kind of open to me saying this. He calls me about a week later, and he put out a column on his website, and he said, Eric, you inspired me. I agree with you. It shouldn't just be baseball writers. And it shouldn't be just baseball writers. It shouldn't be. It should be people who know the game other than just baseball writers who really only cover their own team. And so you're covering the Rockies, and I understand interleague play, but don't tell me you can vote on a guy who played for the Yankees when you never really saw him play. And don't tell me you read box scores, and don't tell me that you watch all the games, because you don't. But they got Gil Hodges and Jim Cotty, and now they've, good. They're, they're showing some new flexibility under the era committee system, and that's good. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, you just heard it from Josh. They always have great tastings going on. They're going to do a pairing with Elway's. Uh, you're going to want to stop by there. They're off of Colfax. You can order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. And don't forget, when you order and you want it to be delivered, any order under over 100 bucks, I should say, you know what? That is going to be for free, but they deliver anywhere to the Denver metro area. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, fantastic job today. Unfortunately, Nolan Arenado not doing a fantastic job. Same with you, Alex. Fantastic. Terry, you are nothing short of marginal, and I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can. I love Mo, she had so much soul. She said, excuse me, little homie. I know you don't know me, but my name is...